0: Hey, I'm Jennifer Hervitz, selling author of the books, One Happy Divorce and Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda. I'm a relationship coach, a public speaker, and I'm the mom of two of the most kick-ass teenage boys around. Raw, authentic, and insightful, this podcast is a no-bullshit slice of reality for anyone curious about what it looks like to get divorced. On Doing Divorce Right, we'll give you the tools you'll need to navigate your relationships, whether you're contemplating divorce or have already signed the papers. We'll figure it out together without taking ourselves too seriously. Here, I'm doing Divorce Right Podcast. The Soberlink system is designed to make parenting time safer with real-time remote alcohol monitoring. Soberlink uniquely combines a breathalyzer with wireless connectivity and is the only system that includes facial recognition, tamper detection, and advanced reporting parents can submit a test anytime, anywhere, thanks to Soberlink's wireless technology, which delivers test results by text message or email. To the concerned parties, simplify co-parenting arrangements by using the system that provides transparency and proof of sobriety throughout the day. Flexible schedules combined with real-time delivery of results make Soberlink the experts in remote alcohol monitoring technology. It's my pleasure to offer my listeners $50 off your device. Just email info at soberlink.com and mention doing divorce right. But hurry, it's for a limited time only soberlink.com Hello, hello. Good morning, good morning. This is Doing Divorce Right. I'm Jennifer Hurwitz, and I'm here every single Tuesday with awesome guests, and it's no exception today. Hi, everybody. Welcome. Boy, oh boy, do I've got someone for you. I've got someone for you. This guy is awesome. I'm so glad Simon Brady is here with us today. I'm going to read his bio, and then I'm going to bring him out per usual. But Simon, jump in if I do anything wrong here, okay? Let me know. Um, Okay. Okay, so here we go. Simon is a seasoned, certified financial planner, which, of course, when I talk about money on my show, everybody listens so let's just do this he specializes in individuals coming out of a divorce as well as widows foreign nationals and Millennials my favorite. Um, As the CEO and founder of Anglia Advisors, Simon has provided hundreds of people with financial advice and money management services. Simon has participated in everything from series of interviews for JP Morgan Asset Management called Expert to Expert that was hosted on Investopedia, roundtable discussions and panels, and has been on Yahoo Finance, Fox, AP News, Medium, U.S. News Plus, and more. I feel like I have like a famous person in the house here. Hi, Simon. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. How are you, Jennifer?
0: I'm so good. Thank you for being here.
1: Thanks for asking me. Oh,
0: I'm just I'm just thrilled to have you. Every time we talk about money, people come out of the woodwork because I think this is something that is super, super important. So let's do this. Okay. Okay. Where should we start? So you are a certified financial planner, correct?
1: Yes, and that actually might be... A good place to start. Let's do it. Um, certified Financial Planner is uh, quite a tough designation to get. It took three years of study and a, and a, and a really tough exam and everything else. But it's very uh, broad. So it looks at not just investments. It looks at estate planning. It looks at insurance. It looks at taxes. It uh, basically qualifies the designation holder to give advice on a whole wide range of topics not uh, not just investments and savings um that being said there is another designation that i just want to sort of just spend a moment slightly separating cdfa which is certified divorce financial analyst the role of a cdfa is to work with uh, somebody undergoing divorce. So from right up until the decree. So they work quite closely with the divorce attorney. Uh, they look at documents coming in from the other side. It's somewhat forensic. Um, I actually did take the CDFA course, but I do not carry the designation any longer. Uh, I work with people coming out of divorce. So okay. the day after the decree, Uh, that's when I start talking to people. I don't really work. um, There are some very, very good people out there who do the work during the divorce. So I just wanted to make that distinction.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think it's really important. Now, here's the funny thing about this. I didn't have anybody because my my husband, I call him, he is actually a a CPA. So I was lucky and we, we are good friends and we got along. But a lot of people are not in the same position as me. So I feel like everybody needs you and I cracked like I feel like you need someone in your corner to help you because I, I, luckily I had, you know, I was taken care of, but a lot of people aren't. It's
1: it's it's strange. It's What you're asked to do when a divorce is finalized is to make life-changing decisions over the course of you know, maybe as little as a few months.
0: Right.
1: Um, at a time when you may not be as focused or as on top of things or uh at, as you should be um you know people can be at emotional lows it can be a very um socially and emotionally uh, difficult time and yet it's during that time that you may have to make a house sale and a house purchase and invest a million dollars has suddenly shown up in your bank account and change your will and get insurance or dismantle insurance i mean it's a very very stressful time um and at a time in your life when you're perhaps least able to do this. And the C- CFP needs to walk this fine line between being very empathetic um, in dealing with a client who's just gone through something very, very difficult in many cases, and yet being very uh, objective because that's what the client needs you to be because that's what they can't really bring to the table. So what the CFP brings to the table is competence, expertise, and objectivity.
0: Okay. And so you talk about something which I find very interesting. Maybe I'm all over the place, so please bring me back to if I do. But, <laughs> you know, it's true. I had the emotional... I mean, I was... I think I'm not just the only one, but as a female too, I don't mean to be... Whatever. I was emotionally exhausted. I was distraught. I had my kids to worry about. All I all I kept saying was my kids, my kids, my kids, but they're part of the mix, right? So there's so much going on. Do you have any, where do you, where do you even start with this? What do you suggest that we, people do to like keep their, I mean, I don't even know where to start. What do you?
1: I think the starting point is, is what the decree says. Okay. So the decree might impose certain things that uh, around the subject matter that I've mentioned, such as it might say, one of the parents has to take out life insurance, particularly the one who's paying alimony, has to take out life insurance in order to keep the payments going if, if that person dies. Maybe one of the parents is uh, given the responsibility of saving for the kids college. Um, so uh, I think... Let's look at the decree. The decree might, in some cases, uh, make things a little easier because it might put all the onus on the previous spouse to to make certain payments, like the example I just gave, where maybe your ex-spouse is responsible for um, the college savings for the kids. So we can take that out of the equation and focus on some other stuff. But what we need to do is what, what life looks like for you uh, after this decree. In, in most cases, it involves some kind of real estate transaction, right? The, the, mm-hmm. the family home gets right. sold and two smaller places get bought very often. Um, that may or may not be in the same area, which may or may not lead to you know, issues with the, school, with the schools. Right, so much. Um, some, s- often, some, one of the partners has a large sum of money that's deposited in their account. If there's an imbalance uh, in the income and uh, it sounds great but you've got to know what to do with it and what people tend to forget is that that amount that's put in your account has been determined by judges and uh, legal people and in many cases financial people that's in there because you need to use it to live the rest of your life with it. It's exactly. not there for you to go and say, oh, my God, I just had a horrible six months. I'm going to go to Aruba for three weeks.
0: Right, right. Less from, and I think a lot of people, they make that mistake don't yes. you think? Because wh- yes. why do you think that they're just like, I'm going to freak out and they have that temptation that like they're just going to go and they're just going to do it? I mean,
1: what is- Financial that? therapy, uh, uh, sorry, yes. retail therapy. Retail
0: therapy, that was my thing too. I was like, hey, I think I'll, yeah, I'll feel better if I buy something or something. I don't know.
1: Suddenly there's money. Suddenly you're not necessarily answerable to anybody else for the spending uh, of that money. Right. right. Um, thirdly, uh, you know, generally it's been a very, very difficult time. And suddenly this- this this big thing has been lifted. There's a divorce decree. You don't have to go and see your divorce attorney every two weeks anymore. Right. And suddenly, there's a new life ahead of you, and it's very tempting to, um, you know, use some of these these funds to for very very short term gratification. Right,
0: right.
1: Um, but as I said before, you have to remember that the, the the amount of these funds is based off the fact that you need this money. You've been deemed to need this money for the rest of your life. Yeah. If you blow blow a third of it in the first six months, um, you know you're you're making your life very difficult for your future self.
0: Absolutely, and I think like my position, I didn't. I was the stay at home mom, so I didn't even have any idea where to go or what to do or who to help. So right. you know, having a CF, you know, certified financial planner is really super important because I didn't know what to do. Thank God I had you, someone,
1: you know? Yeah, you didn't know what to do. You didn't know what order to do no, it
0: No, I had no idea.
1: And that's very important because, you know, it's it's a building block thing. Um, your, your estate planning affects your insurance, which affects your, I mean, everything. It's it, There's a lot of moving parts, and these parts are all interconnected.
0: Super um, overwhelming. Super overwhelming.
1: And it, yeah. And it yeah. needs someone to step out and look at the situation from, you know, ten thousand feet and 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 say, okay, the first thing we need to do is you've got to change your will. Then we need to go through all the beneficiary designations and make sure your ex spouse is also is off everything because we've all heard the stories about the people who forgot to change the beneficiary, oh, got gosh. remarried, passed away, and the courts will always uphold the name that is written on the bit of paper. So Oh
0: my ex- gosh, I didn't think about that. Yeah.
1: Ex spouses are getting um, I mean, there's, there's horror stories about that all over the place. So you need someone to sit down and go through all your documentation and say, okay, we need to change this beneficiary. We need to do this. We've got to get a will in place. Uh, we've got to reassess your life insurance needs. Uh, and by the way, that $500,000 that's sitting in your bank account, we need to put that to work. So let's start talking about what your life might look like. One other thing I find myself having to do with some of these people is to prevent them from immediately buying another home. It doesn't make really a lot of sense for you to come out of one social situation of being married into another social situation, whether there's kids or not, of not being married and then buying a home based off that because in six months, one year, two years, you might meet someone. Maybe that someone has kids of their own. Maybe you go from needing a a one bedroom apartment to a four bedroom house. So let's, let's rent for a year. Let's right. rent for two years. Let's look. Maybe you change your job. Maybe you get moved to Massachusetts, whatever it may be. Suddenly, everything is open to you.
0: So you think so, renting is a better idea? See, I, I think, did that uh,
1: immediate, too. Immediately, mm-hmm. yes, because yeah. of the flexibility it provides.
0: See, that was me. I, no, not to get personal, but I did. I rented. And then I got in a situation where I, the person I was renting from put but said to, called me and said, I'm putting my house on the market you have a choice, you can either buy it or move. And I was with my kids who had just moved once and I didn't want to move them again. It's like, you just, it's just so hard. It's just so hard to know, you know? So at that point, you know, I I bought the house and now I'm here, but it's, you know, I think everything is just so difficult. It's good to have someone that tells you what, you know, helps you.
1: Yeah. I think, I I think, I think people think that the situation they're in is the one that's going to exist for, for a long time and, 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 and yeah. divorce is an exact a perfect example of how that isn't the case <laughs> exactly. um, that's true That's so, right. but you know in that immediate post-divorce period that's not what your life is going to look like for the next 10 20 years so let's rent a little bit let's decide what's going on with you professionally with your job with the kids if anything um with your finances and then maybe uh, in a year's time when or two years time when you're settled down kids may be a bit older we've dropped mapped out your finances mm-hmm. then we can figure out well maybe you know maybe now's the time to buy but not think a good right idea. away don't take the money from the divorce and put it as a down payment on a house
0: I never sense. even thought about I never thought about that that's really that's a that's really super smart actually to think about and then you talk about something else which I thought was really interesting too I've never heard of this but about financial vultures what is what are financial vultures?
1: Well, it often depends on the situation during the marriage. Now, okay. many situations, as 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 we know, um, it's pretty unusual for both partners to be equally vested in managing the house finance, home finances. Right, right. Usually, one or the other, to some extent or the other, is is kind of dominant. Now, in some some cases, you know, it can be extreme where just one. One spouse handles all the finances; the other does nothing. And then, um, you know, you're 40 years old and you don't know how to pay a electricity bill. That was, um, that was
0: me, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, I got the kids. You've, well, because you know, I was married to a you know financial guy who's in banking, and I was like, yeah, it's your job. And I got the kids, and then I seriously was like, wait a minute, wh- wh- you know, where's the checkbook? I was awful, but you know, thank God he was a good yeah. guy. So that's. You know, but go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt.
1: No, no, no. and that's and that's exactly right. So, yeah. what what um, what tends to happen is that um, when when this falls apart, and obviously this can be the same with widowhood as as divorce. Sure, sure, sure. Um, sometimes even worse because you know, divorce at least you can sort of see it coming. Um, sometimes with widowhood you can't. Mm. But the 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 fact is that you have somebody who's. Coming out of this relationship, potentially lacking the skills and experience in in just managing relatively straightforward day to day day to day financial matters, and yet very often, as as we know from a the divorce, there's um, there's there's big change of of lumps of money it can be 401k through a quadro quadro, bank accounts it can be this that and the other and you know in many cases the house gets sold and the proceeds of the sale get divided um so suddenly there's meaningful amounts of money sloshing around in in someone's life um that needs to be gathered together uh and Immediately put to good use. Now there are people. I don't want to criticize my profession too heavily, I, but okay, I got you. the majority I'm... of the majority of financial advisors, I would say, are paid on the vast majority actually are paid on commission. Um, so their way of making a living is to essentially convince people that they should buy this investment, this mm-hmm. fund, yes. this policy. Uh, that's how they make their money. This policy versus another policy, which may be more in the client's interest. The client's best interest, in other words, is not the driving force behind what the advice that you. they're giving. I
0: gotcha. Right.
1: Um, now, a CFP and a company like myself that is fee only, I do not take commissions. And it's really important, I think, that divorce uh, people who are using CFPs coming out of divorce use. Um, a fee-only advisor. You oh, cannot that's great put, advice. Right. You cannot put your life in the hands of somebody who is paid uh, and, 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 and incentivized to sell you stuff that suits them and not you. Okay. Um, because that's what I mean by financial vultures, is that the people who work for brokers, who work for banks, who work for credit unions, who work for insurance companies, all these people are not legally obliged to act in your best interests. Mm. They are perfectly entitled by law to act with your money in a way that benefits them. Um, and I'm not saying everyone, all of them are like that, but the fact that they there's no legal restraint on them doing it inevitably leads to, to problems. Now, someone who's a fee-only advisor cannot legally take any compensation for any engagement except from the client. So any advice I'm giving, any recommendations I'm giving, any funds I'm suggesting, uh, I am not receiving any kind of uh, compensation from any third party. Um, And I legally, by law, have to consider the client's interest ahead of my own.
0: That's what I meant by the financial vultures. It's it's the the other lot. I mean, that is great advice because I, I, I did have, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Let's just put it that way. I had some, I had some okay. issues Um, and you know what else happens to a lot and this happened to some of my girlfriends and guy friends and myself is you get out of a divorce and you're vulnerable and you are yep. in an emotional place and you, you trust, you, you want to trust people because you came out of this, you know, you're, you're, you're emotionally sad and you're distraught, right? And I remember the first relationship I got into, I trusted this person. And he was helping me with my finances and I trusted him. Right. And next thing I know, I'm selling my vehicle because you know, his, his kids hockey equipment didn't fit in the car I had. So, you know, it's like all of a sudden things are just, you know, right. Right. So, and then the house I had wasn't good enough. So, you know, he wanted me to move in with it. It's just like, you have to remember you have to keep your having a, I, I feel like having a CFP or a, you know, someone to work with you who can say, wait a minute, you know, who's not involved in that relationship, right. um, can say, look, check yourself, Jen, like, this is a relationship with the, with the person that you may not be with next year, who's telling you to sell the vehicle that you got in the divorce, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have that. So I made some really bad financial decisions based on my heart instead of my head. And looking back, I'm not even with that person anymore, and I have, you know, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it's. I just wish I would have had a Simon. That would have been great at the time, you uh-huh. know. So everyone needs a Simon. That's all I have to say. So and now I do. I have actually a person who says to me, calls me up and said, "What did you do today, Jen? Where, where were you? You know, like um, you know, uh-huh. financial decision that maybe wasn't the best for you. So it's. I think it's super important that you have someone that can, you know.
1: I I think that goes back a little bit to what I mentioned uh, earlier, where. You know, it's it's my job to be to walk this empathetic yes. uh, and objective line. I mean, you know, it's no use me saying, oh, "Oh, that's wonderful, Jen." Yeah, sure, I'm sure he's fine, and be utterly empathetic. That's not what you no. would be paying me for. But equally, yeah. you don't want a slave driver who's going to, you know, call you up every time you go into Starbucks instead of Dunkin' right. Donuts. <laughs> Um, so, you know, there's a line to be walked. I have to I understand agree. that you're dealing with people who may be very tender. Um, and yet the main role is to provide, uh, a, an organized objective structure to this person's life and get it in place whereby they can, uh, go forward in, 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 with a sense of financial security.
0: I think that's amazing. I think also sometimes people don't realize they need someone I feel like they they think they can take it on themselves, and then by the time they realize they can't, it's too late. Well, because they're taking
1: on so much else. So right? much. I mean, if there's if there's kids, and I mean, it's so much. Even you know, even if you take away everything that I can help with, it's still an enormous amount that I can't help with. Right. And yet, in the midst of all that, you're being asked to sell a house, oh. buy an apartment, right. invest invest half a million dollars. Um, all that stuff I mentioned before, you know, redo your will, figure out who your new beneficiaries are. It's, it's, it's uh, over, it can be overwhelming. In fact, yep. I'm amazed, I'd be amazed if it wasn't.
0: Yep. It's a lot. It's a lot. So, I mean, just listening, you know, putting things in perspective, I think it, it you, you're just really, you, I think you, I just like said it before, you just need assignment. <laughs> Like this is why these podcasts that I have when I have financial planners on are my biggest everyone listens because I feel like it's really great information. Um, so I That's appreciate right. you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you for coming on today. So Simon, where can everybody find you on your website? It's, right? Um.
1: Yeah, the website is, is, the, is the best place. It's okay. www.angliaadvisors.com. Um, there's a contact page on there that has all my contact details, awesome. uh, as financial advisors, we're a little bit restricted on what we can do on social media and stuff of like course. that. So I'm not of really course. that present. Um, but, uh, everything you need to know is on there. And I have a special page on there that, uh, particularly relates to what I call my suddenly single service, which obviously refers to divorce and widowhood as well.
0: That sounds great. That sounds great. That's a great, um, that's awesome. So I will have that on the show notes so everybody can find you. And do you have any piece of advice? I don't want to put you on the spot or something like that you can leave my listeners with that's maybe super important that you think that?
1: Um, I mean, really just what, what you just said, please don't try and be the hero. Don't try and go it all alone. Um, you know, if maybe you took a couple of economics classes in college, that does not mean you're able to handle uh, efficiently handle the uh, finances of a divorce. Try and try and know what you don't know and and, and outsource it yeah. and talk to someone and talk to someone you feel comfortable with. Uh, and then you deal with all the stuff that you know, you can't outsource, which is the emotional stuff. Right. Um, but at least at least outsource what you can.
0: Yeah, I, I think that i I, I was one of the lucky ones, thank God, you know, but I I look at my friends who were in such horrific positions, um, and just walked away. I think people walked away with, with not I don't know how to say this, but they didn't get what they should have gotten, maybe mm-hmm. because they they, were, they just threw their hands up because they were so exhausted by the process instead of hiring someone to help them. And they would have maybe been in a better financial position now um, had they have maybe just looked for someone to assist them. Does that make sense? Am I saying that right?
1: Like, yes, yes. That first six months to one year, say, uh, after the decree is yeah. uh, issued is, 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 is critical because it's a period of time where it's very tempting to um, uh, do some damaging behavior like we talked about before in terms yeah. of the, re- the retail therapy. Yes. Yes. Um, but also, you want to get everything in place so that you can start to build your life back up again. You don't want to spend three years getting yourself financially set um, bit by bit. Let's get you completely financially in order so you can uh, move on to you know, part two.
0: Yeah, and I think it's also really scary. I mean, I I was I was horrified because it's that not that's that unknown fear of what am I going to do ten years from now, you know, when my alimony runs out or I don't have child support and my kids go to college, like, you know, it's like so. If you can meet with someone, a financial planner who can actually say, look, if we start saving now, this is what it's going to look like. Your picture in ten years. It makes you actually feel so much more secure. Um, Right out and of the in gate. Control, right? Yes, and control, that's what I was gonna say. The control of it is so much it's so much better knowing. Um, it's a horrifying place to be when you get divorced put you know, like to not know where where you're you know, especially if like you're a stay at home mom like me. That was my job. Yep. You know? So oh my gosh, I just this has been a great show. I appreciate you so much, Simon. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you for, for having me on. It's been a lot of
0: fun. Yeah, yeah, you're, I appreciate it. Okay, everybody, so um, you can find Simon Brady um, on his website. It's going to be on the show notes, um, and you can find him there. And um, that's it, you guys. I don't know. I mean, this has been great. I hope you've gotten lots of good information. I know I have. Um, and every Tuesday, you can find me. You know where to find me, uh, JenniferHervitz.com or on Instagram at, at Doing Divorce Right. Um, and everywhere else, and join my Facebook group if you want to. It's Doing Divorce Right. And that's it, everybody. I don't know. Have a great day. Happy Tuesday. And once again, you know, peace, love. And as always, truth. Thanks, guys. Hey, hey, thanks for listening to Doing Divorce Right. Don't forget, if you love the show, subscribe, rate, and review anywhere you get your episodes. And grab my books, One Happy Divorce and What It Coulda, Shoulda, on Amazon, Target.com, or my website, JenniferHervitz.com. As usual, thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Peace, love and